Shalom Aleichem, good Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom, happy end of the week. I hope you had a great week, I hope you're getting ready for the weekend. If I sound really groggy and sleepy, it's because I am, I am extremely sleepy. I will explain it all after this intro, stay tuned, let's get into it. Okay everybody, let's see. So sorry. So, and that was not planned. Uh, but that is the epitome of this episode. I am on the 401, the infamous 401, and I am passing out. I'm falling asleep. You know, your boy's trying to be safe. I've got maybe 25 minutes left on this journey. I thought, why not do a podcast straight through? No, no chopping it up. Because when I talk to people, I stay awake. Now he thinks, that, that's a little yutzy. Why don't you just call a friend or a family member? Yeah, it's 5.30 in the morning. I, I couldn't call anyone because everyone's asleep right now. So I have to do a podcast. And I don't have a microphone, so the quality might be a little schlock. That's okay. So let me explain. Let me explain. It was slichus. In Yiddish, that's, uh, like in Hebrew, it's slichot. And that is when you are... Having all your debts wiped by Hashem. Hashem is Hebrew for the name, which is a slang term for God. And it's this little tradition in Judaism that before, a week before Rosh Hashanah, which is a new year, kind of new you, you have all your debts erased. Um, you know, all the things you had to do for Hashem since Yom Kippur last year, you it's gone clean slate and you do it exactly a week before Rosh Hashanah and so because in Judaism it's a weird tradition you do it exactly a week before that means you have to do it exactly a week before so you do it in the morning at 1230 in the morning or one one o'clock in the morning and I so I I didn't really get to nap on Shabbos and I stayed up and then I had to work um, I had a, I, I, I this, <sighs> Sorry, I know I sounded like a drunk baby there. Um, so in the morning, I had a 7 a.m. 7 a.m. lesson, Hebrew lesson, before my clients. And so let's go back a little bit. Uh, Slichus ended at 2. And I then helped put all the chairs away for the rabbi. It took me until about 3. I get home and I had to put food away and prepare my bag a little bit for the next day. That got me till about four-ish. And I had to be up at six to get ready because Sunday, uh, I couldn't get back home. Sunday I was coming to Toronto and that's where we are now. That's, now we're, uh, we're, back to, we're back to present timeline. So anyways, I got two hours sleep, momish. And then I get the lesson done. I kind of sleep at work for 50 minutes. 50 minutes, tachlis. And, uh, yeah. And then I had a bunch of clients. I was dead. I thought I was going to s- sleep more, but I, I didn't. I, I didn't have time. I, so I go right from work to Toronto. Somehow, somehow, Baruch Hashem, I don't fall asleep on the highway. I don't know. I, and I was just cooking. And then your boy, yeah, you know, hangs out with people forever. Like from 6 till... 11. I go to my sister's place downtown. Um, 11 till. I'm uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Not my si- my siblings' place. 
My sibling is non-binary, so I, I uh, yeah, can't be saying that. But uh, anyways, now you guys, I hope you all understand the timeline. Literally, Shabbos, 8 a.m., you know, right till, right till 4 in the morning, two hours sleep, lesson, 50 minutes sleep till now, and it's 5.30 in the morning. Well, oh, sorry, sorry, so at, my, at my sibling's place. I go to bed, it's like midnight-ish, okay? It's like just past midnight, because we were schmoozing it up. I don't get to see them often. And, um, yeah, so I, that was pretty much a nap. I, I, I went to bed at 12-ish, woke up at 3.35. So, like, mom-ish a nap. And, uh, yeah, anyway, sorry, some, someone just messaged me. And... By the way, I hope you guys don't mind this uncut, raw, just me talking. I literally, I can't fall asleep. I cannot fall asleep. So anyways, to wrap this up, up, I'm up at 3.35. I got to get to, I have a client at 6.30. I don't want to be late. And that's where we're here. It's 5.44, roughly. And I'm pretty close now. Uh, I, I got an energy drink. And yeah, it's, I don't know if it's doing the trick. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Um, I even Googled the energy drinks. <sighs> given the context of energy drinks to make you tired. And they said, given the context of afterwards, like after it dies out, you'd be more tired than if you hadn't had one. So it's like, it can boost you up in the meantime, but then when it wears off after a few hours or whatever, it, yeah, that's when you can start to actually feel more tired than you would have if you didn't drink anything. But anyways, uh, yeah, so uh, after my client, this is like a kvetching, this is literally a kvetching podcast. After, I don't even know what I'm going to post, this is for my bubbles. this is for my, all my grandkids hear me kvetch. So after my client at 6.30 this morning, I thought I had a 7.30, but I don't. So I think I'm going to go to sleep from 7.30 till 11.30, because I, I have to teach the kids gym in the afternoon, and then I train all the way till 8, 8 o'clock. So really from like 12-ish, yeah, from 12 on, it is a busy day. But after that 6.30 client, I should have just canceled the 6.30 and, and woken up at like 9 a.m. in Toronto. Anyways, that now you understand why in the last, it would have been, yeah, the last <sighs> 30 hours has just been a surus, mashuga, yutsi. It's been absolute fakakta. We're gonna make it. We're gonna get through this home stretch now. And it makes me think. I see so many trucks. I don't know how these trucks do it. Cause someone told me that they have like 36 hours or something to get to their next destination. And how they break that up is up to them. And it's something like it does average out to like six, seven hours of sleep. But like sometimes these guys, you know, whatever, they're they're kind of just fucking off or eating food, and so like. Sometimes they have to go like 20 hours straight because they're they're in a time crunch. I just couldn't imagine. I'm surprised trucks don't crash more often with uh, tired drivers. Anyways, uh, Queen Elizabeth, the funeral. <sighs> Queen Elizabeth's funeral was on TikTok. Who needs cable anymore? Like literally, BBC News was streaming it live on TikTok. Because I was on TikTok thinking that would keep me awake. Just some, uh, you know, 
because think about it, think about it. You uh, are always scrolling forever, and you always feel like shit after you scroll for like an hour. And I was like, okay, I got about an hour in my trip. So if I scroll for an hour, I'll get home and not fall asleep. Now, <laughs> I didn't realize that a lot of my content isn't videos. A lot of my content on TikTok is just people typing stuff on the screen and adding a sound to it. Uh, so that, that, that became an issue, but then I was flipping through, hoping to find audio. And yeah, I found the funeral of um, uh, the queen. And Trudeau's there. A bunch of world leaders are there, which makes a lot of sense. Because apparently Queen Elizabeth talked to a ton of world leaders. But yeah, Trudeau was there. It was really interesting. I guess duties of the prime minister. Uh, on another note, in Toronto, I got to talk to Mindy. And I really hope Mindy doesn't hear this. I really, really hope. That would be really awkward and embarrassing. But Mindy's lovely. Like... We've, we've always clicked. At least I've clicked with her for years. It's been literally, I think, like four years at least. And we've clicked. But I'm scared it won't work because of observance. You know, I'm not showing my Shabbos. I'm not showing my cash route. I would be if I lived in Midtown, but I don't. I would be if I grew up with only friends who were Yahudim. But no, I, I grew up with all Goyish friends and my network is Goyish so yeah that's what makes me nervous is like we are we, we I guess we're not technically compatible if that's the issue but I'm just saying we are compatible like we get along big time and I'm just worried you know very worried like if what if, what if I were to love someone but it's something external well sorry I'm, I'm tired so I'm not using proper words like Faith isn't external, but like, if we really click, and then it's something as simple as like, you know, the food I choose to eat when I go out with a friend, right? Like, let's say a friend invites me out to sushi. I'm gonna eat sushi. I'm not gonna wait for his kosher sushi joint, or I'm not gonna sit there and watch the meat. And that 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 little thing, I guess that is external when you look at it superficially. That little thing could stop us from being together. But in another reason I hesitate to say it's external is because really it's internal, right? It's a resemblance of Torah. It's a re- it resembles Halakha and, and our faith in Hashem, God. Uh, when I say that, by the way, I don't want to sound preachy. Because like, remember, I didn't grow up being an observant Yid. I grew up very conservative and, and, and uh, didn't really believe in it at all. And so when I say... that. We need that it's a kashrut, like kosher eating, is a is faith in Hashem. What I mean is that you're just completely trusting the universe. It's a metaphor. That's the thing. That's the thing. Judaism is beautiful because it's full of metaphors, and the traditions are linked to these metaphors of of we are in the in the manifested world, aka the physical world. Everything physical or thought or a thought has been manifested right but for there to be manifestations there has to be unmanifestations for there to be light there has to be darkness and vice versa so Hashem the creator of the world when you hear that when you hear creator of the world don't think about some white man in the sky with Lego blocks building a world it's not like that Hashem was never created never destroyed Hashem doesn't have consciousness and never has had consciousness Oh, sorry, Hashem has 
you can use any example, but I'll just say it hasn't ever had consciousness and has always had consciousness because there, there is no construct for Hashem. The manifested world is full of labels, beliefs, definitions, forms, and, and constructs, right? We have constructed every thought. Whenever we have a thought, we have to give it a name. That's a label. That's it. So that means then we could destroy that thought because we can immediately label it as something else. And because we can create and destroy things, we are this physical, tangible, manifested world. We manifest. We're little manifestors to feel alive. The unmanifested, and that, that's what Hashem is, that's God. That's why God created the world, but that's why we also created God. It's a yin-yang theory. The world needed Hashem, Hashem needs the world to exist. And that's the beauty, that's, the beauty. that's why in Judaism, we have physical things to connect us to God. It's like literally rabbis way back, like I'm talking way, thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, decided like, okay, let's just pick a select few things. Let, and, we'll, and then we'll tell people, these are the things we can all agree on is a physical thing. It, it could have been a, a coconut. It literally could have been a coconut on the ground as, oh, this is gonna connect us to Shem. But no, they chose leather, leather straps. Um, they chose uh, a, a, a garment, like a scarf, uh, shawl. So that's what it's uh, talus in Yiddish or in Hebrew talit and tzitzis, like tzitzit. Another th- there are all these, there's, the list goes on and on. There's all these physical things, a kippah on your head, that connect you to Hashem. Sorry for the vibrations, people. Uh, and these things that connect you to Hashem, they're just things, but it's, again, in Judaism, they were picked, they were just picked randomly, like, okay, let's just pick these things. Now there's like deeper meanings, but in the end, it's, it's, that's exactly it, because we need Hashem to exist, Hashem needs us to exist, like that nothingness needs the manifested world, the manifested world needs the unmanifested, so they can both coexist, that is why uh, we connect to God through physical things, um, you know, apparently way back, Jews would like just like live in caves and meditate on, on their thoughts uh, of Hashem, and someone was like, nah, this ain't the way, like, <laughs> we need we need a physical connection, it's an interesting concept, but anyways, that uh, that that's what Shomer Kashrut is like. That and Shomer means guarding, so guarding Shabbos, guarding kosher eating, meaning you never ever not do that. You're guarding it, like you protect it. So you're always keeping Shabbos, and, and keeping Shabbos, by the way, is when you don't create and you don't work. And there's a whole halachic criteria. Halacha is Hebrew for like laws, so Jewish law. And there's a whole criteria of what is work. And a lot of people are breaking Shabbos without even realizing it. Like like I'm talking even observant Jews. You know, I saw I saw the rabbi once. He was putting chairs away at the end of Shabbos meal, and he was fitzing his tuchas off. That means he was sweating his ass off. And it's against halacha to sweat on Shabbos because you'd be working. Like, to sweat means you're not relaxing. You know, to sweat means you're creating, you're doing. And uh, especially, you're allowed to carry within a vicinity of the shul, but uh, you can't carry things or schwitz. That's a no-no. Anyways, things like that. Um, and, yeah, yeah. So, that's Shomar Kashrut. It's a metaphor for just trusting in 
that unmanifested world, the universe. You gotta trust. Because the contrast is our life, and that's the way it was. That's the way it just jumbled out. When I say jumbled out, it's the way the Rubik's Cube was shuffled. Our world and our brains are like shuffled Rubik's Cubes. And I guess off the top of my head, what's an analogy? Because of because the opposite of nothingness, the unmanifested. Because remember, manifestation is when an event unfolds from an idea or thought, right? Um, so that's why you can like manifest. Let's say you in your head, you picture a table. You manifest the table. You make the table, or you go buy the table. Like you have an idea, and then you manifest it. So then the opposite would be like nothing, literally nothingness, and that's that's forever. There's peace there. Because our problems, as Eckhart Tolle says, our problems are a solution. Oh my God, I'm so tired. It's so good that I'm doing this, people. If I wasn't doing this, I'd probably pass out right now. Eckhart Tolle, let me rephrase that. Eckhart Tolle says, problems are an illusion. We create problems to feel alive. Our ego says, I need to identify this problem because identity means alive. Just the concept of identity. For the ego to even have an identity with anything is to feel alive. No identity means death. A dead person doesn't identify as anything. They're not conscious anymore. Um, so, yeah, the ego's frightened. Completely frightened of that unknown, the no consciousness. So when you're conscious of a problem, you are alive. And that's all the ego's trying to do. Uh, what was I, where was I going with that, though? Um, it'll come back to me. Yeah. Oh, no such thing as problems. Yeah, so this is crazy. For a problem to even exist, it has to start and end. So I'll, I'll give a quick analogy that might help for the time being. Uh, one sec. Hybrid, uh, sh- No, not my exit. Okay. So, so for an orchestra play, there is a note... Okay, that sound. Imagine if that sound never ended, ever. Would it even be a sound? Because we need silence to break up a note to create pitch. And when we have constant silence mixed with a pitch, you get notes, you get these sounds that are broken up. And so think about it. Silence forever is nothing. And the sound forever is also nothing. It's when you put them together, they contrast each other and create things. And so when we have something start and end, hence, I'm stressed because my room's messy. So the, the room wasn't messy, now it is. That's contrast. And then uh, you want it to not be messy, which you want it to end. You want the contrast to continue on. You want the contrast to be that of messy to clean. And so let's just use the run with this. Hashem slash the universe slash the essence, the forever eternal, doesn't, that's not how it exists. Uh, It's not, yeah, it's not how it plays the game of life. Like, there is no, so for, for the unmanifested world, it would be that the room is always clean or the room is always messy all the time, both all the time. So there is no contrast, it just is. It just it, it just is, and that when you when you have something that is just is and, and is never be starting and ending, right? 
then you don't have a problem because problems simply are things that just start and end. So, yeah, I hope that helps. Um, the way I like to find peace, I'll be honest with you, is through that practice. So it's a little bias. But how I do it is the present moment is where peace is. Why? Because the present moment is forever. How crazy is that? The, think about it. The present moment, the future is a thought and a thought is present. The past is a thought and the past is present. The present moment literally is forever. Anything else is just a construct that we created. The present... So, like, the present has never been created or destroyed. No one ever created the present. People created the concept of the present. But once you start thinking about definitions and labels, like, start, like, the present was created. The second I start to speak and think words... Immediately, you have to be the observer. Observe the thinker. I am not the thinker. When I think of words, ideas to say, that is not me. That's a programmed meat suit. Programming being just from a sodium, sodium, potassium pump, electricity through my brain. And I can be aware of this. And that awareness is presence. And it's a bit of a paradox because anytime I talk about awareness and immediately I'm not aware and I have to be aware of me being aware oh shit okay wow that was so clutch people I just ripped onto that exit so clutch wow okay we're good wow I'm only like 20 minutes away not even 15 let's go yalla Anyways, thanks for hearing me ramble, gang. 21 minutes in. Uh, yeah, that's how I find peace, people. Present moments forever. Can't create or destroy the present moment because it's been present forever. Even before I was conscious, before any consciousness existed, there was a moment. There was a present moment. Um, but again, I'm no longer being truly present when I start creating term, uh, words and definitions and labels. So it's the awareness of me talking right now and thinking right now. That awareness has never been created or destroyed. That's the presence always that has always been here. And then there's peace there. Because remember, peace is not happiness. Peace is acceptance. Uh, when there's something starts and ends, there's feelings attached and emotions. And emotions, like being emotional is not peaceful. Because uh, you start creating stories, you're a zombie. Once you start following these stories that you create, you're kind of like a parasitic body. You're hacked. You're like a zombie, really. You're walking around unconscious, just being controlled by emotions, right? You're like a puppet being controlled by your emotions and your programming. When you're aware, you are no longer the thing. You're not identifying as the thing being controlled. You are just observing the zombie, and now you you truly do have control. But you like when you start saying that, so someone could sound enlightened. It's me. Let's get off. So yeah, you can start saying that, but uh, if you're not aware of what you're saying, boom, you're now just a zombie. So yeah, it's really a paradox. That's why there's like fake enlightenment out there. And heck, I'm probably a hypocrite. I, I'm, I'm aware of me saying this and my fatigue and everything. So I'd hope that, and it's a paradox because as I say it, eh, then I'm not sure, truly 
I'm not truly uh, present or aware when I say it. And to, to elaborate on that concept, come on, buddy. Go past, go past, go past. Okay, okay, fine. That, that truck, uh, that truck was just letting me merge in, but uh, I was annoyed. Anyways, gosh, these cars, I don't look, I don't, I don't even have the energy to freak out. I'm just like, ah, uh, whatever, that, that truck didn't want me to merge in. And then I had to pump, I had to go from like gear two to like gear four. That was like the biggest jerk, my poor engine. This poor Corolla. I'm at 300 clicks now, people. This car's had it. I really hope I can get to like 330 or like 350. Do, do cars even get to 400 before they break down? I don't know, people. Oh, I really don't want to pay for a new car. That would really be horrible. What the hell? I just, what was that I just ran over? Anyways, I'm rambling right now. This is pretty funny, actually. So I'll give an analogy. If you're still with me, props to you. I'll give an analogy. Which is, it feels like middle of the night, but it's the morning. Like, this is crazy. I'm so sleep deprived. I don't even, my body doesn't truly know, like, what time it is. Anyways, uh, analogy. Okay, analogy. <laughs> Sometimes I have, like, serious ADD brain. So, signpost. Eckhart Tolle calls this the signpost. What the, what the fuck, buddy? Oh, my God. These people are absolutely Mashuka drivers at 6.30 in the morning. So... So, a park is a park, and to tell people to park, you create a sign, and so you see the sign saying park. That sign is not the park, even though it explains what the thing is, it is not the thing. So when we explain what things are with words that we believe, it's just a belief, because we agree to one thing. How crazy is that that just because we all agree to something we then say it's true and it's a belief and so there's like the label that we create and the definitions we create that it's a construct that so let's go back to the signpost is like the park is the park itself that's that's what's real and you know and Eckhart Tolle always talks about this and like the present moment it's it's truly real. That's why Hashem, God, is truly like the most real, pure thing you can think of. And I'm just using God or like Hashem, whatever. You're, I'm using it as a form. If you guys don't know what a form is, like go look up allegory of the cave. A form, and I'll keep it brief. Basketballs. That's a form. The form is a basketball. Every single basketball on the planet is different. Okay. Why don't I call the one over there a, a basketball and this one over here a basketball? Like, why don't we give them different names? Because they're different entities, they're different things. It's because we all agree to the form. We're like, oh, that looks like a basketball. That's, you know. And so, anyways, now that you understand that concept, uh, the form of God. I say God, I say Hashem, but that's just the form. Really, it's all this like essence of this eternalness, this foreverness, this thing that is not neither born nor dead like that the unmanifested so now that you understand that um, yeah once we start describing things we're, we're creating something when you create it it can be and you've created something it can die that thought can die it can be unlearned 
and that is no longer the thing. So once we make a sign saying the park, that is no like that is no longer the park. The park is still always the park. Anytime we make a new sign, that's literally just a way for people to feel alive and agree to things. You know, so you can identify with a belief. I don't know, food for thought. Food for thought. But anyways, people, I'm so gassed. I'm uh, I'm in London, Viscount Road in Westmount on Wonderland. And I, uh, I'm probably going to get to work in like five minutes. I might do a quick schluff, like 15 minutes before my client comes in. God, I don't know how I survived this drive, honestly. This was rough. I've gotten five hours in the last 36 hours. Five hours of sleep in the last 36 hours. I should have. I realistically should have like... I realistically should have like 16 hours of sleep, but I've got five in the last 36 hours in the last two days. My eyes are so heavy. It's insane. But anyways, thanks for listening, everyone, to to my ramble so I don't fall asleep. And thanks. I could always talk about peace and presence and godliness and everything. I could talk about it forever. That's actually why I kind of leaned into Yiddishkeit, which is like the term for Jewishness. Like, Jewishness is Yiddishkeit. Um, not Judaism, Jewishness, like tradition and this and that. It was when I started to lean in, not only to gratitude, but it's just this concept of presence, peace. What what. God really is. When people say God created the world, no, it's, it's like they, they look at it too superficially. They look at it too logically, I guess. Like it's not a, it's not a thing that it's not a thing that created. It's not a machine. It's not a person that created something. So uh, that's what made me dive into religion again. And I love the philosophy. Absolutely love the philosophy. Um, so yeah, question thing everything, people question everything. Um, and then uh, real quick is like when I took the science of well-being by Yale, Dr. Lori Santos, PhD on happiness. She said gratitude is key. That is what makes people happy. And I was talking to Scott Thompson before, like earlier today, when I was, before I hung out with everyone. And he asked me a great question. He said, Zeph, how come gratitude fulfills us? Why is it gratitude? What about that specific thing that is the key? And we, we spitball brainstormed, and like, I, th- I think maybe it's the familiarity, the comfort. It's comfortable to be gratitude. Sorry, it's to be gratitude. To be grateful is comfortable, it's familiar, it's soothing. And we want comfort. As human beings, we always want comfort. And I think it's as simple as that. It's us fighting discomfort, because to be uncomfortable leads to pain and death. And remember, our ego is always trying to prevent death. So pain equals death. Therefore, we don't want pain. We want comfort. But it can be a double-edged sword. And ironically, can that comfort can actually kill us quicker than discomfort. But our brain doesn't know that. Our brain lives in the moment all the time. It doesn't live in the future. So uh, yeah, it's kind of trippy. Even though, again, I don't believe in a future and a past. Like Those are just constructs and thoughts that are present. Our, our our ego is all very present very it's always focusing on surviving right now so anyways thanks for listening folks that's it i'm pulling up to work now
Thanks for helping me stay awake. I appreciate y'all. You just saved my life, probably. <laughs> Honestly. Shabbat shalom, good Shabbat shalom alechem, and I uh, wish you the best, people. Enjoy your weekend. Go spread the love. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, vote five stars, rate, and review. I will see you later. I need to go to bed. Bye.